everybody. This is Terror and Tacos, and I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, today, before we start talking about this wonderful movie that's on Netflix, Spanish language film called Veronica, we're going to talk about these amazing tacos that we are enjoying right now. Um, this is from a taqueria that's right by my house called uh, Chichen Itza. And uh, I am having a Milanesa taco, which is kind of like a Mexican-style chicken fried steak. Yeah, that looks amazing. I've never, uh, I did, I had never heard that word until you you said it to me ten minutes ago. Milanesa. Yeah. So what is uh, what is that exactly? Well, oddly enough, Michael, <laughs> Milanesa. The word comes from um, style of Milan. My people. Your people. Oh my God. So I'm a disgrace. Um, so no, because it's it's Spanish 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 fied. Right. Um, so apparently, this is a style of cooking steak that is um, used in Milan. Used in Milan or in okay. Italy, and um, it's Milanesa is usually it's it's very thin steak, like like you know I guess posh people would use veal yes. or something, but you can use. Go ahead. I was gonna say it looks like my grandmother used. To make veal cutlets. That's what it is. And that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that's why it's called Milanesa, because it's like an Italian this thing. This is all coming together now. Right. Okay. And uh, usually they put it in sandwiches. I've actually never had Milanesa in a it's, taco. Okay. Uh, but it works, man. It's I've, delicious. It looks amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's really funny. That would be... It's how crazy... We would go visit my grandmother. That was like a snack of like a veal cutlet sandwich. Wow. Um... I had a, a steak taco. It was incredible. Uh, the spices, I don't know, it was like the perfect steak taco. And I have never eaten at this place, so this is a, a real this place treat. Is, yeah, this is really great. This is on the corner of, if you live in Dallas, mm -hmm. this is on the corner of Lower Greenville and um, Richmond Avenue. And it's got a bunch of really great murals on the outside. And it's, it's called, called, what's the name again? Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. I'll post some pictures on our Facebook awesome. page and on our Instagram. Yeah, they were even, the tacos were beautiful to behold. Just yeah. Yeah, they were they just were gorgeous. The, also, you know, it's got all the regular stuff like the onions and the cilantro and the lime. But there's something spicy in there that yeah. I didn't even have to put sauce on it. Me too. But the and green sauce is really good. This, yeah, it was, this, I don't know, it was just like, the spice was perfect, and it, it had a kick, but it wasn't overbearing. Tortillas, Tortillas are legit. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also, uh, we both just discovered this. We've known each other a long time, and we both yeah. just discovered that neither of us, despite the will of our peoples, um, <laughs> like seafood. Yep. Is yours based on anything, or is it just the utter terror of the sea that I um, have? I, well, I, I, uh, I do like seafood. I like shrimp. I don't okay. I don't like a lot of stuff. I do like fish and I like shrimp. But you know, like I won't eat squid right. or shit. Yeah. I mean you know? that was like a huge you know, like my parents loved calamari growing up. Mm -hmm. Mine is like based on I don't believe we belong in the sea. I don't think we should be a part of the sea. So much so that I uh created a false seafood allergy huh. um to get out of of having like to eat fish on Friday and stuff like that. I understand that. Um, <laughs> I totally do. There are monsters in the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. And we only know about 5% of what's yeah. in the... Talk about terror. That's what, Yes. We should talk about the Mariana Trench one yes. of these days. Well, yeah, we do a whole uh, uh, Just a whole episode of Ocean Movie. Oh, yeah. Because we don't know the majority of the shit in there that's nope. coming to... We don't. You know what? At this point, maybe I would welcome it. Yeah. Like I, I for one, welcome our undersea monster <laughs> overlords. Um, no, there's a, you know entire states in Mexico. There's Veracruz and Baja California that do an array of, of wonderful seafood. Like you can, you know, you you go and there's a dude on the beach that you pay a few dollars to, and he will dive into the ocean and bring up fresh seafood and prepare it for you right there on the beach, like. That's a shit, that's a, you know, that's the thing they do. Yeah. Um, so I know that it, it is a, a, a legit taco experience, 
But I don't know. Something about seafood tacos. I just don't. Can't it, do it. it doesn't. I'm, I'm South Texan. Yeah. You know, and uh, I always think that's like California bullshit. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, I was in California recently and got a delicious taco and I was afraid it was going to be all like, hey man, you want some fish tacos? Because that's how everyone in California still talks I in my mind. I know they do. I know they do. <laughs> and I actually ended up having a really delicious taco at a place called Mess Hall, but because mm-hmm. it, because it was not that. It was not, it was not fish. Good. Yeah. Great. So um, those are our tacos. I'll post more information because yeah. you guys should be visiting this, these places. Yes, I will. We're so lucky back. to have so many tacos in uh, the city, aren't we, Mike? No, I mean, so much. Like I eat tacos all the time, and mm-hmm. I've never been to this place. And We're I'm, so lucky. Yeah, I'm so. Uh, and now I know. You know, about it. and I'm mad. Um, Politically, we were promised a taco truck on, on every, every corner, yeah. and that doesn't exist. But it practically does That's in Dallas, in Dallas yeah. and so that makes me happy. All right, uh, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's talk about Veronica. Uh, I came to Veronica, I know normally I'm like, oh, stupid advertising and marketing of horror movies. Honestly, I found this movie because some article had been written like, Veronica's so scary, Netflix viewers can't get through it. They're all written that way. Yeah, and um, I was like, well, that's probably bullshit, and it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm glad because I honestly didn't know about this movie. That's how I heard about it. And when I watched it the first time, which was several months ago, and now I've watched it a couple times since, I love this movie. It's not only one of, like, my favorite horror movies in a long time, it's it's honestly just, like, one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. in a long time. Yeah, it does. It works on many levels. So, Veronica is a Spanish-language horror movie from Spain. It was written by Fernando Navarro and Paco Plaza, directed by Paco Plaza, and it stars a very young girl, um, Sandra Escasena, as Veronica. That girl is going to be she's a gonna huge be hit. star. She's going to be huge. Yeah. And uh, she was, she must have been 15, yeah. the actual yeah. age when she did it. Um, I just want to say also, it has like some a great supporting cast. Um, Consuelo Trujillo as Hermana Muerte. Is Which that means sister, sister death. death. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and uh, uh, you know other other Spanish actors that are quite big in Spain and, and legit actors and and um, and then maybe the two best child actors in the world in my uh, life. The little like, girls who play um, the twins, Lucia and Irene, uh, are incredible. They're so good. Yeah. To the to the point where I I, I have looked it up multiple. I am not convinced they're not sisters. Yeah. I know they're not. They're Rationally, not. I know they are not. Uh, they're so good. What they did, I don't know what he did to to direct these two. Well, three because there's the little the little, little boy, boy who Antonito. plays Antonito, um, and they all behave like siblings do. Yeah, um, and not not in a cloying, cheesy no. American movie way, but like actual yeah. actual siblings. And they they. I know we're going to get the whole plot. Like, the two little girls play twins. Uh-huh. And they Fraternal even, twins. Fraternal twins. And I am I am married to a fraternal twin. Uh, they they even, like, ex- their their relationship is so is even so twin-like. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way they have their own little world and they sometimes hate each other. Like, it's... And they're yeah. not even... They don't have a ton of lines. Just, like, what they do with no, it. No. Anyway. And they don't remotely look alike. No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is... Same case as my wife and her sister, honestly. But uh, yeah, they're brilliant. Um, do you want to, I guess, break down? Sort hey, of no, a, I'm in the still in the middle of eating middle of this taco? amazing taco. So you break down okay. the plot. So basic, and I'll listen and, basic and, plot um, based on a true story. Uh, well, I should say inspired by a true story yeah. uh, that we'll get into a little later. Uh, takes place in 1991 in Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. And it is, at its core, a story we have seen a million times. Uh-huh. A young girl in high school. Um, she, her father is dead. Her mother works all the time at a restaurant. So she is in charge of taking care of her three little siblings, the Uh two twin girls and her little, her little brother. Uh, she has an affinity for the occult. We sort of learn with her, her best friend and another girl who she doesn't quite really like. Uh, they, during a solar eclipse, which I love. I love it as a thing. Um, they go into the basement of their, their Catholic school. They take out a Ouija board because Veronica, the lead, wants to talk to her father. Yeah. And during that sort of Ouija board moment, as often happens, you know, I mean, he's clearly referencing a million other movies. Um, Veronica sort of 
opens a door Mm -hmm. and introduces, uh, another sort of entity, uh, into, into her, her world. And the rest of the movie is her trying to, we think sort of her trying to protect her, her siblings from this thing that she has brought into the world. Right. Um, there are, the kids are, are the leads. I mean, Veronica is clearly the lead. Uh, but then all of the main characters are almost all children. Right. The mom has significant scenes at the restaurant. And then there is the, the blind nun whose name in Spanish, what do they call her? Uh, they call her, um, Hermana Muerte, which means sister death. Yeah. But her name is Hermana Narcisa. Uh, and there's a scene where she says, the the, nine, the nun says, I like Hermana Muerte better. Yeah, she's um, badass. She's badass. She's a blind, she's blind, creepy nun. Yeah. Um, side note, if a blind nun gives you advice, uh, always take it. Uh, the blind nun gives you advice about the spirit world. World, yeah. Yeah. You listen to the blind nun. Um, she has a great line, by the way. She has a great line in the movie that it, I think might be my favorite line. In the whole movie, after everything has happened, and Veronica goes back for advice, and um, at, towards the end of the scene, the nun says, um, it sounds better in Spanish, but basically she says, recess is over, girl. Yeah. Run. See if you can get, get away. away. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So and, good. Um, so intertwined or on top of or whatever the sort of, you know, the kind of very standard occult story that we get, the sort mm-hmm. of demon that has entered um, the world. This really, to me, well beyond that or way beyond that, is a, a one of the best examples of a coming-of-age story that I have seen in a long time. Right. Specifically a coming-of-age story about a young woman. Um, it's a lo- like a lovely story of this kid who is so burdened um, mm-hmm. because she has to take care of, mm-hmm. of her, her siblings. Her siblings. Um, it's, she, a, it's a single parent family. Yeah. Uh, and the mother is, is because the father is dead. The mother is always working. Right. Um, and Veronica, who is 15 is expected to, I mean, to run the house. Yeah. Um, to, to go to school, to, uh, cook dinner, to, um, bathe her little brother, bathe her little brother, make sure her sisters go to bed on time, do her homework, do her homework. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and she doesn't do it begrudgingly. I mean, she does it begrudgingly, uh, the way any teenager would do it, Sure, but she clearly loves her siblings. Oh man. And she, yeah. you know, she clearly wants to protect them and, and takes care of them and loves them oh, dearly. dearly. My one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which has is not scary in any way. It's a conversation that Veronica has with the oldest of the twins, yeah, who's obsessed with being a few minutes older than yeah. her sister, which Lucia. is Lucia, which is really funny because again, like my wife's sister's four minutes older, and they are both very aware of that. Uh, is is just that little conversation they have when mm-hmm. the little girl is like. I'm I'm glad you're my big sister. I'm glad you're my my little little sister. sister. And then she's like, I'm actually in the middle because I came out first. Because Irene came out four minutes after I did. She's like, and then and you see, you know, and then Veronica concedes to it and says, Yes, Yes, you're you're right. right. Go to sleep. I'll protect you. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, a a really beautiful beautiful sibling moment. So I read this, um, I read this review on on Vulture Hound uh, by Rita Aresta. And this paragraph really hit me. Um, It says, Veronica is set in the early 90s when the gray routine of working class reality couldn't possibly uh, be any more oppressively normal. Um, uh, Blah, blah, blah. And it says, uh, Plaza, who probably still has a Ouija board in his parents' attic, prefers to maneuver the story towards the end of an era he's far more familiar with that of teenage obsession personified in Veronica's title character. Yeah. And, and it's important to say that, you know, I think Mike already mentioned that it takes place in the early nineties. Yeah. Uh, and this was a time in Spain, in Madrid, particularly when the value of the peseta was going down, they uh-huh. didn't have the Euro yet. Right. Which uh, is a, 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 one of the few screw ups. There's oh, one, yeah, that's right. there's one moment when someone says Euro and I was like, I look, yeah. And yeah. It does not take away from the movie. It does not take yeah. away from the movie, but yeah. yeah so, so there's it's devaluing like of their the, currency. Of their currency, um, the the falling apart of the traditional 
family mm-hmm. and you know in spain is very catholic yeah um so there are all these elements of kind of like it's getting harder for the working class the mundanity yeah. the mundanity of 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 working class life and the pressures of of having to survive in that you yeah. know and there's a, a nice quote in the review that says like in the mundanity in the pressures of early 90s working class madrid not even the nuns are looking out for the devil anymore right yeah, yeah. it's a great quote yeah um and it's all it's awesome he does some lovely things like you see veronica watches the neighbor like in the apartment building across the courtyard mm-hmm. or whatever and it's this this other girl is not rich or anything. She's no. clearly living. I mean, they live right across. They from live each other. in this horrible like block apartment yeah, building. Basically. Giant. Um, yeah, giant. It, it reminded me of like oddly like Soviet architecture. Yeah, but, no, it reminded me of that too. Um, but this girl has time to sort of dance and sing and play in her right. room or whatever. And she has a dad. And she has a dad who helps her with her homework. And those those are the things Veronica wants, not. She doesn't dream of being, you know... Like the popular the girl. popular girl or rich or any of that stuff. So she just wants to have, like, a few minutes to be um, a girl, to a be teenager. a teenager. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this before in, in for a couple different episodes, but this this idea that um, that young women are for often, for, for different reasons, forced or expected... Expected to or forced to grow up far quicker than young men. Yeah. And Absolutely. this is um, one of the best examples I've seen of that. I mean, she she is essentially the mother to these right to her siblings. Right. She and, even has a scene where her where her and her mother are talking, and her mother says, "I need you to be here for the kids because of the what they get up to, you know." And she says, "How would you know what they get up to?" Yeah, you're never here, and almost as as a reminder as to how young she is, like. Her, I always feel weird. I should, but she has her first period in this movie. Right. It's a huge part of the movie. It's a huge part of the movie. So she faints. She the the, the ritual or the, or the the Ouija board ceremony that takes place at the beginning of the movie. She passes out. Well, I'm not going to give anything away, but you know she passes out, and they have to take her to the nurse's office. And uh, as part, you know, the nurse is like asking her questions, and she says, "Have you had your period yet?" And she like. You know, she's 15, and if you know anything about female biology, like, um, you, you girls are getting their period earlier and earlier now. You can get your period as early as nine, True. you know, which is crazy. Um, and there's a lot of stigma within girl groups and, and, and stuff where there was when I was growing up anyway. If you were, if you were 13 or 14 or 15 and you still hadn't gotten your period, that was yet another thing right. that socially you could be sort uh, of ostracized, ostracized or, or for, for or mocked for. You um, know? And and we so that's a huge and we see her friend. I would say it's Deanna. How do you say it? Her friend Rosa. Right. Uh, it, it, it's her best friend. Her best friend Rosa, and she started hanging out with Diana. Diana, who is clearly yeah more mature, developed, yeah, mature, quote unquote mature. Yeah, she's, right? She's curvier. Like she's got beautiful. Like her hair is beautiful. She and smokes now. She, she smoke, drinks. Yeah. She has a boyfriend who Drives has a motorcycle. motorcycle. So her Veronica's best friend Rosa uh-huh. has already sort of. Started to leave Veronica behind. behind. So it's like another element of. I was just like, God, reminded just like how shitty, how fucking shitty kids can be to each other. Right, and you know, and the thing is, is that Rosa, Rosa doesn't know she's being shitty. Right, to that's her. the thing. That's the thing is that you think you're in a shitty. I mean, Rosa also wants to be popular. Right, and clearly hanging out with. Veronica, who can never go out because oh, right. she always has to take. She care even of says sisters. that we're having yeah. a party, and Veronica's like, "Why didn't you tell me?" She's like, "We well, have to take care of your, your yeah. sisters and brother." Yeah, Diana's like, "Well, you probably can't come because you got to take care of your siblings." Right, and then Rosa says, "Hey, stop, stop by, by if, if, you can. if you can." Yeah, so there's even that sort of element. Like, she's at that age when you start. Maybe the friends you had in in junior high or middle school or whatever you call it um, aren't. Might not you, be your friends yeah, by you the time you graduate to, yeah. high school. And you it's begin a, to take different 
paths. Yeah. You know? So it's another, like, I thought, brilliant little element. Um, I feel like it works on so many levels like that. It works, it's it straight up works as, as just a horror movie. Yes. You know? Yeah, some great uh, scares and some creepy great shit. Great scares. Blind it's, Nun. It's, it's, it's shot, yeah. <laughs> creepy Blind Nun warning you about the other side. Yeah. What is, there's a Ouija board involved. Um, the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it works as a horror movie. Um, as a horror movie about the occult. Yes. Uh, and I want to talk about that. Definitely. Also. Um, but it also, it also just works as a straight up metaphor for the pressures of being a teenager. Yes. And, and I think specifically a teenage girl. A teenage girl. And a teenage, you know, in, in a time when there are so, it's all, there's already a lot of pressure in being a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And then, all of these other pressures that are added, that are piled on, on top of her. Yeah. Um, and I think it works as a great metaphor for like teen depression. I, I, I agree. You know? And, and um, what, yeah. In the same way, in the, in the same vein as something like the Babadook. Yes. Is a great metaphor for grief. Yes. And, and, and how you deal with grief. grief. Right. Uh, this is a great metaphor for, the trajectory of a of, of a, a teenage girl um, maturing into womanhood without the support system that she that, needs. That, that she needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, tangent. If I go on a little bit of a tangent, sure. One thing I think I've brought this. We might have brought this up before. I lose track. But one thing that I am very intrigued by is this movie is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You speak Spanish, obviously. I do. Um, I do not, obviously, because uh, I am terrible and didn't pay attention in school. Who does? Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is a, one of those movies that you can just watch the way it is is presented, and mm-hmm. whereas I have to read, right? Um, we both clearly love this movie. Yeah, I love it. But are are we... In some ways, are we watching somewhat different movies? That That's like this <laughs> weird question I go back to, because I am reliant on... A translator, yeah. right? Whoever translated and wrote the 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 subtitles, uh-huh. essentially, um, and that, I don't feel like it means I didn't get the same move. But there are there are differences, and one of the things we talked about is there's this band that she's way into, Heroes del Silencio. Yeah, Héroes del Silencio. Thank you, thank which, you. Which translates <laughs> into Heroes of the Silence. Um, so she, they were a huge band in Spain in the late like 80s Like they actually 90s. were. Yes, real yeah, band. Yeah, this is a real band. Um, and she listens to them, and their music plays a huge yeah. part. Yeah, And one of the things that stood out to me was when I was listening to the song, the like main song, I was like, uh, whatever this, what's it? It's called Maldito Duende. Okay. And I've got an explanation for it, but you go awesome. ahead first. I, even watching it and listening to it, and I've become oddly obsessed with this band in the last week. They're but, awesome. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. They're really, really cool in, like, the way that broody 90s, 90s bands yeah. are. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know exactly what this dude is singing in Spanish, mm-hmm. but I know whatever he is singing is way more badass than, <laughs> than the English translation they're giving me. And you would be right. Yes. So... Uh-huh. What was you pointed out one thing? There's a the English yeah. they give you is your eyes glaze. Yeah, so over. there's a scene where where she's lying in bed and she's you know she's you know the thing that's really popular or was really popular. I, I don't like know, to think I don't it know. still is. I, I don't like know. to think it still is, but like you know having the glow in the dark solar system yeah. on, on your ceiling. They probably now they have like fucking projections yeah, or some shit. You but know. you know Veronica has the little stickable stars and moons, and she has them above her her bed. And so at night she falls asleep by putting head you know headphones into her ears yeah. and shining the flashlight on the ceiling so that she can see the stars and mm-hmm. she's listening to this rock band um and the rock band it, it's a song called um Maldita uh Duende which I'll explain in a little bit but there's a lyric in it um that says your eyes glaze over he's talking about looking at the stars and and holding on to a star or rather a comet right you know and that's your eyes glaze over is the english the english subtitle the english subtitle is as you look at the stars your eyes glaze over and i caught that the last time because uh because like you mentioned i speak spanish so a lot of times i for i, I don't have to read the right. the, the subtitles sure. um 
but sometimes I'll read them or I'll forget that I speak Spanish. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I mean, and it's right there. Yeah. Right. So it says your eyes glaze over and what he, that's not the translation. What he's actually singing is, uh, tus ojos alumbran, which means your eyes are aflame. Yeah. So your eyes are on fire. Which is basically. way different. Which is way different and way more apt. Yes. Um, as far as the storyline. Story. Yeah. yeah. And so again, I'm not knocking, I mean, that I think translation is in, in its own right an incredible, like you have to be incredibly talented. Uh-huh. It's its own art form. Totally. Translating music is even a, a yeah, weirder because you thing. have to, you have to kind of like respect the poetry yeah. of the lyrics and stuff like um, that. So it's a difficult thing. But it, that was because like, I was like, I know uh, I knew I was watching that song. I was like, I'm this is I know these are not the lyrics. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 interesting to me. And you and I watch movies in other languages that neither that of us I mean understand. I only speak one language. You speak two. Mm-hmm. Um you know I could order food in French. Two and a half. Two yeah. Um so uh, but I don't know. I I I always am like cuz like we had talked before about the movie that I would refer to as Here Comes the Devil in Spanish actually translates to their there, there goes there the devil. There goes the devil. Yeah. Just these little things that I find interesting. Yeah, that you know, that's um, um that's a movie to talk about. I mean, uh so the 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 translation for Veronica with the subtitles that you're reading, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there are just things here and there that you're like, mm, that's not what she said, or that's not what he said. Or like, you know, there's that scene where she makes them promise outside outside the school, don't tell anybody, don't tell mom that I fell and cut my hand or, right. you know, whatever. And the little rhyme that the sisters do uh, in Spanish, to, yes. but it's like... This is a lovely little sister thing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, they do a little a little rhyme. Um, the way it's translated into English is nothing like what they're saying, but there's no way to translate, translate what, what they're, they're saying. saying. Yeah. And you get the idea with right. the English version that they've made up, which yeah. is like pinky, like pinky, pinky prom. Swearing, pinky yeah. promise will never say anything about this right. or whatever. Um but yeah, I mean, sometimes, and this actually does happen to me, sometimes I'll put on a Spanish language movie or horror movie, and I will immediately start reading the subtitles, and then like maybe five or ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, why am I, why reading, I reading the subtitles? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to read the subtitles, yeah. you know? Even though Spain Spanish is different from Texas Spanish or even Mexican Spanish, Mexican Spanish, Mexico Spanish, um... I still pretty much understand what's going on. Is it comparable to like uh, when we, in English, when we would watch like movies from England or Ireland or something where there's just certain little phrases that are different or... Um, you mean like in Veronica or in general? I mean like in the, well, even in Veronica, like the difference between, because obviously you... Yeah, you so speak more like, so there's, Spanish, right, right, so there's one scene, there's one scene in Veronica where, uh, Irene, the little sister, is taking a shower, and she's Veronica's asking her to do something, and um, the little girl says, "I'm taking a shower," you know. Mm-hmm. And in in Spain Spanish, "me estoy duchando," right? Ducha, uh, which in Spain in Argentina means shower. In my part of Texas and in Mexico. Ducha means literally to douche. So it's a very different thing. So it's a very different thing, thing right? Right. And I, I remember this one time when I was little and I was trying to be like all fancy. Uh, I was a teenager and I was trying to speak like Castilian Spanish for some reason. And I went outside and my, my, my mom and my dad were on the porch and the neighbors were out there too, whatever. And I was, I went out there and I was like, Mama, Papa, me voy a tomar una ducha. And my mother was like, her eyes got so wide and she came inside the house and she was like, no, we don't say that. That, that right. is something very different. And I was like, oh, okay. I was, I was embarrassed, but then I was like, whatever. Um, I'm fancy. Yes. Um, so yeah, there are little things, things like, like that, that sure. but, but you know, not anything that, that, um, like you can that, still gla- yeah. watch it, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I do want to talk about the title of the song of the main. song. Yeah, definitely. Is, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's called "Maldita Duende," and that translates into basically um, "Maldito Duende." Excuse me. Um, "Maldito" means damned, and "Duende" is a very Spanish thing. Um, literally, "Duende" means like dwarf or elf or goblin. 
Okay? Oh, shit. It's like, All right. Literal. Okay. Okay. But in Spain, there is an idea of duende that is associated mostly with flamenco dancers or with uh, gypsies. Okay. Um, and duende also means in that in that connotation it means spirit or passion or inspiration or sometimes melancholy okay you know so when somebody says traes el duende o vienes con duende it means there's something around there's you something, okay. there's something around you there's a spirit around you or there's a passion around you that i don't know what it is but, but it's, but it's going following on. you That's and something's and so it's perfect, perfect. wow it's perfect for, um, for her because she's got the duende yeah you know that's i and i that's great i mean it's so good and the fact that he i am assuming he was into this band in the 90s oh he had to have but been but they're so of the time Side note, I have listened to them so much online. Really? That whoever is spying on us has made the assumption that I speak Spanish <laughs> because I've started to get commercials, like ads that will pop up in, in Spanish. In Spanish? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I want to see what commercials come up. You other, should check them out, though. This band is rad. The um, other, yeah, the other thing, oddly, though, is um, just speaking about language is that they do. Um, Spain Spanish also has a lilt like Italian does. I speak Italian a yes. little bit also. And so there's a there's a lilt that happens in Castilian that also happens in 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 Castilian in, in Italian language. Um which is weirdly like Castilian is more related to European uh Latin languages than, than it, it is, is to Latin yeah. America language. Which I I think that it's makes cool. sense. Just yeah. proximity. Yeah. Um one other thing that jumped out at me the second or third time I watched it, obviously you and I talk about Catholic shit a lot. Mm-hmm. I think because it's in Spain, we don't have to have the character that doesn't have any idea as to what the fuck is going on. Like, you know how even in like The Omen and The Exorcist and The Conjuring, which we those three movies we talk about a lot, so mm-hmm. I'll use them, there's always the one character that's like, what now? What are you and then the priest about? will be like, well, here's what the Holy Trinity is. Oh, no. And this is what the diet... They're just like, everybody fucking knows. Everybody accepts <laughs> so it. So you get past like, everybody, the weird yeah. expository, yeah. this is what Catholicism right. is. Right. Everybody just knows yeah. what is happening, including Rosa... The the friend. friend. Okay, so we've kind of reached the halfway point of yeah. the podcast. So this is a really good movie. And if you want to watch it without any spoilers, I would suggest that you stop the podcast right now. Because now we're going to start yeah. talking about Go it. eat a taco, watch yeah. Veronica, and then right. come back. Yeah. You now have 60 seconds to stop the devil. Start now. talking about how everybody kind of knows what's going on in in the movie and without having to explain what catholicism or or, <laughs> yeah, or right. symbology right. or, 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 or everybody catholic knows. tropes everybody, everybody knows, knows. Everybody there, knows. There, there's the part there's the one part where after she she finds out you know she she goes to see the nun mm-hmm. in the basement and the nun is like you got to make right what yeah. you did wrong so here's what happens I'm going to tell you what happens now. So what happens is that they do the Ouija board thing. They call something. Yes. Something shows up and, and, and Veronica passes out and we have one of the scariest moments in the film. Yeah. Um, and then, um, 
she kind of doesn't know. She kind of, afterwards, she's discombobulated and she doesn't know what happens. What we do know is that the Ouija board has been busted in yeah, half. Yeah, split. Um, and so then the movie progresses. We learn later from the creepy nun, right. uh, Hermana Muerte, mm-hmm. Sister Death, that you gotta go back and, and do, Make right what, what you, you did, did wrong. wrong. Essentially close the door that you opened. Close the door that you opened. And if you are familiar with Ouija lore, yeah. if you are a person that likes, you know then that when you are doing the Ouija board, that you never stop doing the Ouija board without saying goodbye. goodbye. Right. Right? Um, if you don't say goodbye, that's that's it. Yeah. That you, you have can, welcomed you, this thing into, into, the, your, into life. your life. And... Uh, you're fucked. Yeah, you're basically. essentially fucked. <laughs> so she, so Veronica decides, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get Rosa and Diana, and we're gonna make undo right, the yeah, thing undo that the we thing did. that we did. But Rosa and Diana are in the middle of an awesome teen party. Yeah, man, making out, a lot of making out. And I want to say that there was beers. there was no chopping walnuts for a cake. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there was just some cheap party. fucking beer. <laughs> cheap beer, some smoking, some dope. Yeah, and a lot of making out. Yeah, that's it. Um, that, I'm just saying that. Hashtag um, hereditary hashtag has problems. hereditary <laughs> has problems. I like that. Uh, so then she tries to get them to, 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 to do the Ouija board thing with them again. And Rosa's like, no, you're crazy. They push her out of the house. And she says, what happened? You know what happened. You know something happened. And Rosa's like, you don't remember, do you? You don't remember what you told me uh-huh. when it happened. <sighs> yeah. And she goes, what, what did I say? What did I tell you? And she said, you told me you were going to die today. Yeah. And then Rosa doesn't even offer an explanation or she doesn't even say, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> she just, she, she, I mean, she does, she goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. But she doesn't even go, what were you talking about? It's just accepted. It's understood. It's understood. Yeah. We fucked up. Yeah. And you're going to die and, today and there's nothing I can do. And what follows you. is one of my favorite scenes. Oh my God. Talk about this it scene. It is like. So good. Simultaneously. Tell me if I'm crazy. It seems to be like, it's almost simultaneously like a nod to Lynch. And Argento, mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. it's shot when she leaves the party, right? This right. is the backwards scene, right? Right, that yes, that's what we're talking about. Everyone around her is walking backwards, backwards while we're following her walking forward. And then another version of another self, another version of herself appears. Right. And it is... They turn together and it's like, it is this bizarre, like weird Lynchian moment. Right. But the way it's shot and the design of the pavement or whatever that they're on is just reminded me of Argento. Yeah. He was very, Paco Plaza was super inspired by Argento on this film. On that film, yeah. And uh, even if he doesn't know it, which I'm sure sure he he does. does. This, I mean, that movie was straight up firewalk with me. Uh, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, my daughter mentioned when we were watching watching that movie again, and that scene came up. Ma Isa, my daughter said, "That's like the scene where Laura knew she was going to die." Yeah, and it's it is and done. I mean, done really in, well in a manner that I think honors. Yeah. Uh, the way Lynch would yeah, have shot it. Yeah, not, not cheesy or not kind of like I'm straight up lifting this moment. Right. But in a true Valentine to a great director. Yeah, he manages yeah. to do that multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, and we talked we talked about this I think last week or the week before, like all the nods that horror directors seem to give other horror directors or other movies. He manages to do that with while still making what I think is like his own unique... Yeah, Film. yeah. There's another one, a super specific one that I we didn't know because you know we watch American horror movies yeah, mostly. For but, the most part, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. But there's a scene in the movie where they're watching a horror movie, right? And it's an uh, old Spanish. Horror it's movie. an old Spanish horror movie called "Quién puede matar a un niño," which means "Who can kill a child?" And it's a 19 <laughs> bold title. It's a 1976. <laughs> cult horror movie in Spain that I think we're going to have to watch. Yeah. I think we're going to have to try and find it. And he uses the score. They're watching it on the television and then shit starts to go down in their apartment and he he uses the score of who can kill a child to, to score, underscore the scene, what's happening which is awesome. to them. Which is brilliant because the movie centers around children. Yes. It's crazy. It's a perfect nod. And it reminded me of that. And I didn't, I mean, I had to look up what that movie was. Right. But it reminded me of that moment in Scream where they're watching Halloween Mm -hmm. and then Craven uses Carpenter's Halloween score. Um, And speaking of the score at other moments, it is, it is, seems like a nod to sort of the old Carpenter goblin 
like Prague type. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I love. This will make you happy and it'll make you like Paco Plaza even more. He actually, he cites Craven as one of his biggest That's fantastic. inspirations. Uh, and you can see, you it, can in see this, it in this movie. Um, he so perfectly captures the early 90s. Yeah. And in, in the same way that I would say like Stranger Things captures the, the 80s, 80s. Yeah. It's, it's so wonderful. I, the other thing I love about this movie is, and why to me it works as an occult film better than a certain other movie that we already referenced <laughs> today, is that ah. when you're, when we're given hints, when we're given clues, mm-hmm. the clues don't just disappear. Right. Each clue builds on the next clue. clue. Particularly at the beginning of the movie, I don't know if you caught this, but when they're in the classroom and, and they're learning oh, about yeah. the solar eclipse, yes. right? And so they're in the classroom and they're they're about to witness a solar eclipse. That's right. what happens on the first day. The movie opens with a call to the cops. Some bullshit's going down. Some crazy right. shit's going down. The cops come to the apartment. The, all the fucked up shit happens. And then immediately we cut we, we to flashback. three days ago, yeah. right? And so the, on three days ago... They're going to school. They're getting ready to to look at a solar, solar eclipse. eclipse, and so the the nun, the nun teacher, right. is teaching them not about, the creepy blind, not the nun. creepy blind nun, kind of like a younger nun. That if you see pictures of her in real life, she's super hot. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know all those Spanish actresses. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway. Um, so put a habit on her. She'll put a not habit look on quite her. She'll hot. not look quite as hot. Which you know, yeah, to me, this, this is. is not doesn't this work. Conversation for another time. Yeah, this is a conversation. For <laughs> anyway, anyway, so. She's watching the the film strip or whatever uh, about the. She's teaching about solar eclipses. She's to the teaching kids. about solar eclipses and the idea of sacrifice yeah. and the idea of like that the ancients believed that when the solar eclipse happened and you did certain things, yeah. that portals opened or that it was a way to call to the she, other right. side or whatever. She references the Mayans. Right. She references the Mayans and other pagan cultures yes. because the movie also references Viking yes. mythology, yeah. uh, which I think is super, super cool. Super cool as well. Um, a lot of it. A actually, lot of it. Yeah. And there is, there at one point when they're getting ready to get up and go see the, the, the thing the eclipse. and Veronica gets up from her desk and the light from the projector hits her on her chest. Yeah. Like, and it's a brief moment, but she's just got kind of like this ring, ring of, of light, light on her. It's a great shot. It's such a great shot. And, and There's it's, so many of those shots that are so, so amazing. And it's the, you know, it is the trope of the thing we learn in, in high school classes is, is going to tie into the theme of the mm-hmm. movie, which happens in Hereditary and, and obviously Craven and a million, and a million other Street, movies. A million other yeah. movies. But it actually pays off. Um, and again, I don't want to get into a whole, why I like this movie more. But um she also has to do some work to figure some exactly. fucking things out. Yeah. Like she has to go back to the magazines. She has to seek out wisdom from the nun. Right. She has to put things together for right. herself to make the ultimate discovery, which is which is that it was her, her. all yeah. along. That she yeah. fucking opened this portal, thought she was calling in her dad, right. but someone else, something, something else. else came in. Yeah. And you're given clues along throughout. the way throughout that if you're paying attention, you go, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. But if you don't catch it, they are still, still beautiful moments yeah. in the film and that upon a second viewing, you go, oh, oh I should have caught told it right us there. So early. And I will say this, even if you do even if you do figure it out, it does not, to me, it doesn't ruin, ruin the movie it. at all. It doesn't all. ruin the movie at all. Um, there's that, oh my gosh, there's, okay, you go first. There's no, so I was going to say, because, because ultimately, the movie I go back to is about a group of four siblings. Right. The eldest being the one who takes care and protects the others. And so, <clears throat> the reveal, whether you know it's coming or not, that she is actually the one who's hurting them and that she can't protect them. The only way she can save, we've already done the spoiler thing. Yeah, right? we've already, the, the only, only way, way she, she can, can save them, them is to kill herself. Is to kill herself. Is heart, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I'm so invested in Veronica specifically and in the family, the children as a whole, uh-huh. that when that happens and when she goes to save, is it Antonito? Antonito? The maybe the cutest child in the world. Uh, I don't know with the giant glasses. Yeah. And when you realize he's scared of her because she's not Veronica, right? 
It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it's such a beautiful moment. You find yourself going, no, no. no. Yeah. There's, you know, early on in the movie, something happened. She's giving Antonito a bath, which is like something that you would never see in an American right. movie. Right, you had brought that up. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but yeah, you, I think you know, it's like right. if, if they showed that in an American movie, people would be up in arms about yeah. a teenager giving their little brother a bath. But that's what teenagers do, man. I was, yeah. I don't have younger siblings, but I and have nieces a, and nephews. A, and I did, I changed their diapers and I yeah. gave them baths. And, and he's and, little. He's yeah, a, he's, he's little. A little boy. Yeah. Um, but she says to him after she finds out that these spirits or whatever have been visiting uh, the kids right mm-hmm. in, in their sleep. She says to him next because because oh what it is is that she goes you want me to read you a book and Antonito goes no dad already read it to me <sighs> and she's like what the fuck and he's like yeah he read it to me last night and he's going to come back tonight and he said he's going to take and me to the place yeah. where he lives he says he's going to take me to the place where he lives and she's like fuck and then she says to him okay when he comes back cover your ears and scream my name super loud and I will come and protect you Right. and he says okay so when we get to, to the, the end. end of the movie and she's trying to get Antonito out of the apartment and he won't go to her and he's got his ears covered and, and he's, he's screaming yeah, her name yeah. then that'll, she that'll, realizes that'll, yeah that, oh that, shit yeah. it's me and just the look on her face of like I can't protect them the only right. way to protect them is for me to I, I didn't close the door I failed in my task right and the only way to protect my siblings is, is to kill myself and so the sacrifice that we talked about at, at the, the beginning, beginning is her sacrifice is her own sacrifice right for her siblings yeah and it's you know it's 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 great and that's why I say and you know it works as a horror movie it works as a story about a family that's struggling yeah and it works as a metaphor for Teen suicide. Yeah, and depression and, and depression and, and all that kind, kind of stuff. stuff. You know, the scene where she gets her period, <sighs> man, is also such a Not great since scene. Carrie. Right, not since Carrie have I seen a scene yeah. that is that horrible. Well, and she has before that, uh, in that she has a little dr- she has a dream and like the, the her little siblings are are eating her. I mean they're yeah. like feasting on her. Uh, and then the mother comes in and is like, I need you to grow up, and then she's just sort of covered she, in Yeah, she's covered just in covered in blood. In blood. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it is a powerful scene. Um, but yeah, again, like the little things, the family stuff to me is, is, is the, is the best part of this movie. You know, the little boy, Antonito, like, wets the bed at the beginning and mm-hmm. he goes to Veronica. He's like, I'm not going to do it tomorrow night. And like, right. that's like, I promise. I promise. Yeah. I promise. And then, um, they have the, what is it? Centea, whatever the. Yeah. Centea is the Spanish cleaning product. And even the jingle that I assume is created for the movie even the jingle for this cleaning product is about finding time for yourself, right. making your life better. Like every little right. thing. And it's actually not creative. For it's not, that's like, a real that's thing. Okay. A, that's a real thing. That's why he's so good. Like he, he, the band he chose, yeah. you know, which was like huge, huge. in the early nineties. Yeah. Centea, which is a huge, was huge product. And yes, what you're talking about of this kind of like uh working class, Mon- mundanity. I don't know, even know if yeah. that's a word, but kind of like all the shit we have to worry about. And the song itself is about time. Finding to, time. To this cleaning product will help you find, find time. time for yourself. Right. So they end up using the, the, the commercial jingle to try as, to ward off, me- to try to ward off the, 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 the evil fucking spirits that yeah. are taking over their life. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, all of these little puzzle pieces fit together to, for for such clear, clear storytelling. Yes. You know? And you're on their side the whole time. The whole time. It's so well acted. Um, do we have... Uh, did you want to at least touch on... You know, inspired by and based on a real story is so commonplace yeah. in horror movies. Yeah, but... You know, to give some verisimilitude or whatever. But this is actually inspired by something that, that happened, right? Yeah, in the yeah. 90s? This was inspired by... Um, uh, this young woman, um, I can't remember her last name. Her first name was um, Estefania, Stephanie, um, who was Veronica's age. And this happened in Madrid, in a working class neighborhood in Madrid. And it's still an unsolved uh, mystery. Uh, this young girl, Estefania, who also attended a religious school and was very much into the occult and was worrying her parents basically because 
you know, and even in the movie, Veronica's mother says to her, you, you read too much of that stuff. Right. You're going, you're, it's affecting you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Estefania did a thing with her, with her friends in the basement of the school. But in the real story, she was trying to call the spirit of her boyfriend. Right. Who had died in a motorcycle crash. Which they sort of give to. Yeah, they, they give to Diana's boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so they, they do reference right. that. Veronica's trying to contact her dad. And before we leave, I want to talk a little bit about that too, because it's really cool. Anyway, um, and Estefania then goes home and, and after, after this ha- like, she, supposedly something happened in the room and she fainted. And when she came to, smoke came out of her mouth. This is the story that I read in the Spanish paper. Right. So this is all I'm saying. Um, and then her parents report that afterwards, for like months and months and months afterwards, Veronica takes place over the course of three days, but the real story is over the course of like six months or something like that. Uh, the parents report that she would fly into rages and she would act out at her little siblings, at her little brothers. She had little brothers and um, started being like just angry all the time and, and, and re- really rebelling and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and then one day they came home and she was dead inexplicably. Right. And there was no sign of suicide. There was no sign of foul play. They still do not know no, what, how this right. young woman died, but the parents report now that for months after Estefania's death that they had incidents in the house where lights would turn off, where appliances would go on the fritz, where doors would slam, where shit would get knocked off shelves, and they eventually had to fucking move from the apartment, and um, after which supposedly everything stopped, but, so that's the story that it's based on, and it's not... It, it hasn't been, been solved. It hasn't right? been ever solved. And he clearly used that as as a jumping as off a, point a jumping to off talk point. about. Yeah, this girl yeah. growing up. There's so, a, there's that great moment real quickly, you know, because they have to use the <clears throat> negatives. They have to use the yeah. negatives to to look to at look the at the eclipse. sun during yeah. the eclipse. So they've been told bring negatives so you can look at the solar eclipse because you can't look at it directly. Kids, she, um, photos used to have negatives. <laughs> right. Um, they right. weren't on our phones. They weren't on our phones. You had to take a picture on a camera with a little roll of film and then take it to the place and get it developed anyway so they have to take negatives so they can look through the negatives at the solar eclipse Uh and she chooses negatives from a roll of film that has her dad on it and it's so fucking brilliant it's so brilliant because the little sister uh so while veronica is down in the basement doing the ouija board thing lucia is using the negative of her, her father. father. Yeah. And there's clearly a picture of her father and the light is reflecting on Lucia's that shot is, that whole scene, I don't know how he shot that. It's fucking incredible. It's one of the best like most beautifully shot moments uh in a horror movie that I've seen mm-hmm. in in years. Um yeah, and that connection to the father. Uh side note, my first job was at the Eckerd Photo Lab. Really? So I used to Did you ever get to movies. see like dirty pictures? Oh, indeed. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, the code was and then- we have pictures from the zoo. Do pictures from the zoo. Yeah. And then when people would come to pick them up. You had to pretend that, that you, you hadn't, hadn't looked. seen them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the connection to the father. And did you want to bring that, that her, there is an image of her father returning. Oh shit. That is fucking creepy. It's fucking creepy. And you know, yes. Do you want to bring it up? Yeah. Go for, no, it. You, you go for it. So, you know, there's a moment. At, right after the solar eclipse and after she's opened the portal or whatever, where there's a lot of like sequ- a few sequences where she's dreaming and you can't tell if it's a dream or not, but then you find out. Uh, but anyway, so she's asleep and the sisters have come into the room because they're scared because something's happening and they've, they've hidden in her closet, which is the place where a lot of the energy yes. is emanating from. So why they're in the closet, I don't fucking know. But anyway... And she wakes up and she hears her name being whispered, Veronica, Veronica, Veronica. And she looks over to the corner and it's her father, her dead father, walking towards her completely naked. Yeah, it's fucking creepy as shit. It's fucking creepy as shit. 
and he's not stopping. No. And she's getting scared. And there, there's a part of her that's like, dad? Yeah. But also part of her that's also <laughs> like, this is wrong? Right. And she she stumbles back onto her bed as her father's getting closer and, he, and closer. And he is naked. And it he's is... absolutely naked. Yeah. And my daughter, Isa, even said... I don't like where this is going. Right. Because right. it does have that feeling of like something untoward is yeah. going to happen here. Um, and as she falls back on the bed, all these like otherworldly hands, hands yeah. come out of the mattress and hold her down. But even in the image of like fingers being in her mouth, mouth and yeah. stuff like that. But I feel like that's a super important image just as far as the storytelling in that here's a young woman who is, who just, became a woman, right? Which is what they tell you when you're a girl and you get your period. Oh, you're a woman now. Yeah. Well, no, there's a lot of other steps. Still can't vote. Right, still can't vote. (laughs) But, um, you know, who is clearly missing her father. Yeah. Who clearly... And idolizes him. And idolizes him in a way. And clearly is like missing this a positive male presence Mm -hmm. in her home. Yeah. You know? It's interesting also that... Before she gets her period in the movie, she, she's walking down the street and nobody clocks her. Like she's yeah, none just, of the men. None of the men clock yeah. her. As soon as she gets her period, it's completely different. She's walking to the street and you see men like noticing Looking her. At her. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and that's that is I did not even. It took like maybe the second or third time for me to even catch that subtle little thing. Right, it's kind of kind of genius. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I thought the the stuff with the father. It's man, it's just all the the way he handles that. I mean, and, and a, a, an interesting thing I think too is that there are very few men in this movie. Yeah, um, we have the cop, but the cop bookends yeah, it. Yeah, he bookends it at the very it. beginning of the end, and he just looks kind of like a badass Spaniard. Right. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like that dude smokes everywhere, and it's like and know, nobody tells nobody him tells no. him like he'll walk into a hospital, and they're like, no, just let it go. Um, so you have him, you have Naked Father. You have Naked Father. You have Antonito. You have Antonito, but he's a, but he's, he's a, a little, little boy. boy. And he's um, at, at, like, he's at her mercy. Yes. And know? so any, any sort of character with, um, I, we could debate what the demon is, but that's, you know, and, but any sort of character with, with any real agency, uh, in, in the movie is, is female, um, which yeah. is, which is cool, uh, yeah. I think. That's a, it's cool. But I mean, it is, no. it is a story about a girl, uh, a young girl, a young woman, and it is, it is, because we're in an all girls Catholic school, they're not taught by priests, they're taught, taught by, by nuns, nuns, so any wisdom or knowledge they gain is, is from, from a female uh, perspective. From a female perspective. Yeah. Which I, I also thought was a really, um, nice, touch. Did uh, you notice that after she gets her period, she's dressed all in black? Yes. Like, she's dressed all in black and she has a wolf. She's a wolf on, on her, her shirt. shirt. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's uh, a really great movie. It's great. And it's, you know, the way they portray her is she is, you talked about this, she's you know, Sandra Escasena, the actress, is a beautiful young woman, but in the movie, she's still really young, and she looks like a gangly teenager. Yeah. Like, she looks like, she's wearing braces, and her hair's like it's, you know, it's that part of teenagehood where your features are still too big for yeah, you. Yeah, you haven't caught up you to your height to or your whatever. Height. And she has the... Um, she looks like an awkward... Yeah, and she has the weird... The posture. slouch, you yeah. know? Like, I'm taller than I was a lot. This never happened to me. Yeah. But for people, I'm told, uh, when they have growth spurts, you know, and you can see, like, she hasn't quite... Yeah, it's, you know, girls, yes, girls go re- through a thing when it's when you start, when your hips come in, when your boobs come in. You get that slouch because it's like nobody look at me, right? Nobody look at me. She's, she's, she's got that down. She's got it down. And she's great. And like, yes, I. Whereas Diana and Rosa have have blossomed. Yeah. And I, I am fully convinced that that young woman will like. She's so good. She's she will continue to work and. and she's an incredible actress. Yeah. And you know, because the stuff she's asked to do in the movie is is not easy. No. And and. She's really young in and the she's film. not a twenty-one-year-old playing a fifteen. No, she's actually she's she actually yeah. like fifteen because she's yeah. what she's like she's 17, seventeen right now. now. Yeah, and the movie came out in two thousand seventeen or yeah. something like that. So she that. must have been fifteen or sixteen. She must have at been fifteen, most. and uh, she's really, really, really good. Um, and so are the other kids. Yeah. they're they're just fucking incredible. Um, yeah, you know, I read. I was I was as I was doing research for the movie and and uh, this kind of stuff. I I stumbled upon. A Mexican film, also called Veronica, okay. but it's got a two on it. 
So I don't know if it's like a franchise thing. Oh, all right. But we We're should have to look into we this. We need to really look into this. Um, yeah, man, Veronica, it's on Netflix. It was directed by Paco Plaza and it stars Sandra Escasena as Veronica. And, uh, it's a really great film. Yeah, it's, definitely yeah. watch it if you haven't. Um, also very quickly, uh, it is, it is, does have some Catholic stuff. Because Christy and I have come to realize our Catholic bias. Obsession. Uh, obsession, yeah, which has been brought into the fore while doing this podcast. <laughs> God, we talk about this a lot. A lot about uh, Catholics. We're going to bring in our Protestant friend. Yes, we're going to bring One in of our many Protestant friends. One of our many Protestant uh, and friends. And we are going to watch The Last Exorcism and Children of the Corn. Yeah, because then, okay, we'll tell you why we're bringing him in, because he really liked... Hereditary. Yeah. Like he, he, and you know, and he's got some valid points. Yes. Um, How that damn him. <laughs> didn't change my mind, but uh, yeah. we'll see if he can. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, so we're going to bring him in and we're also, we, we just decided, is this the only movie that touches upon like Protestant horror, which is a thing that I've, I've, I've coined. I called it, I called it, yeah. I invented that term. So we decided to kind of choose some other movies that are also kind of Protestant horror. Yeah. And we decided Last Exorcism, which I love. Uh, me too. I and, fucking love Children the Last Exorcism. Children of the Corn, Children which is a classic. Is a classic. And he was, his name's Ian Ferguson. He'll be here. Uh, actor, writer, musician. Uh, but he also was raised, like you and I, pretty religiously. Right. Um, but... In, in, another in, in another tradition, another denomination. And so we're, he's gonna, we might as well be pagans yes, to, to, him. to how he was raised. Uh, so he's going <laughs> to sort of talk about how that affects how he views horror right. and viewed horror growing up. Um, also, we've gotten some great suggestions on stuff to watch mm-hmm. from people who have listened. So please keep sending those. Keep sending those on in. Facebook. Um, yeah, thank you, uh, Jim John Make Noise, mm-hmm. for our incredible theme song and. Uh, Yeah. That's it? That's it. We'll talk Talk to you you next next time. Bye. Bye.